Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we worship you because of who you are in our lives. You're the creator of all things. And I cover this session in Jesus' name with the blood of Jesus Christ and all those that are listening by way of uh, telephone or their computers, no matter what country they are in. Cover them with the blood in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Father God, we also, we bless you today. We bless you each and every day. Baruch Hashem. Thank you for taking care of us and sending angels to help us every day. We pray for our angelic beings that come in the name of the Lord Jesus. Forgive us, Lord, for falling away, not maybe not paying attention to the word or gathering the way that we should. I ask in Jesus' holy name that you send COVID-19 coronavirus back to hell from whence it came. COVID, I bind you in the mighty matchless name of Jesus, and I send you back to hell from whence you came and take all of your infirmities and your brothers with you in Jesus' name. And to the evil spirits that are attacking the ministers of the Most High God, I command you to leave and never come back to God's people. You have no power. Us, we already got victory over you more than 2,000 years ago. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for loving us and listening to us, even at those times that we didn't deserve to be listened to. You are an awesome God. Send healing into your children. Cause us all to see that by Jesus' stripes, we've been healed. Hallelujah. All we have to do is claim it in Jesus' name and live by faith. I lift up all ministers who have been suffering lately, Lord, either mentally, spiritually, physically, or naturally. I lift up Brother Perry Stone and his wife Pam Stone and their family. You used him to teach me, Father, and for that I'm thankful. I speak healing over him his family, and his ministry. The devil can't have it. It belongs to the Lord. Holy Spirit, use me as I give this word to your people or those who want to be a part of the family of God. Let them, as Jesus said, come unto him. In Jesus' holy name, amen and amen. Hallelujah and amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. As the song was playing, my phone was ringing. And there's always a time when you're giving God, you sit all week long. When you're doing something for the Lord, everything happens at one time. Amen. (laughs) Amen. I got it going on over here, folks. Hallelujah. And may get a package delivered. So if you hear a knock on the door, you'll know what's going on, right? Amen. God God is good. But he gives us the energy. He gives us the vitality. And we love him so much, we do it anyway. Why do we do this? Because we love him. Because God is all that. Amen. Please turn your swords to Joshua 4. Well, I'll be taking a few. I have a few. This is for the people that are studying and they like to write down the verses and stuff. Sometimes I go through them depending upon my time. And sometimes I just announce the verses. So that's why I tell people to get a pen and a pad and get ready, get ready, get ready. Amen. Joshua 4, I'll be reading from 9 to 24. And it says, and Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests, which bear the Ark of the Covenant, stood. And they're there unto this day. 
For the priests which bear the ark stood in the midst of Jordan until everything was finished that the Lord commanded Joshua to speak unto the people according to all that Moses commanded Joshua. And the people hasted and passed over. And it came to pass when all the people were clean passed over that the ark of the Lord passed over and the priests in the presence of the people. And the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and half the tribe of Manasseh passed over armed before the children of Israel as Moses spake unto them. About 40,000 prepared for war passed over before the Lord unto battle to the plains of Jericho. On that day, the Lord magnified Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they feared him as they feared Moses all the days of his life. To Joshua saying, command the priests that bear the ark of the testimony that they come up out of Jordan. Joshua therefore commanded the priests saying, come ye up out of Jordan. And it came to pass when the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord were come up out of the midst of Jordan, and the soles of the priests' feet were lifted up unto dry land, that the waters of Jordan returned unto their place and flowed over all his banks as they did before. And the people came up out of Jordan, excuse me, on the 10th day of the first month and encamped in Gilgal in the east border of Jericho. And those 12 stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, when your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, what mean these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until you were all passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over. That all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that you might fear the Lord your God forever. Hallelujah. The Lord always adds a blessing to the reading of his word. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, we're speaking about, uh, remember the ancient paths, okay? When speaking of the ancient paths in this sermon, I'm not speaking so much on the conquering of another nation, when we're talking about ancient paths, or people, more of a spiritual connotation. I know that today we have various institutions that are removing statues, monuments, and memories so quickly, and everyone is offended, and it's hard to pick a side as to whether or not they should be or should not be removed. There are some that bring heartbreak and misery to others, yet there are those like the cross that show triumph and victory to others. Those are the types I'll be speaking about today. A man died on that cross and rose back up and brought the dead with him so that all in the town could see. Jesus had witnesses. Amen. Nobody else did. Jesus, and nobody else rose back. (laughs) Our God rose back up out of death, and he had witnesses. And what he did is written in the portals of history for over 2,000 years now. Now, I have no rebuke against removing anything that is a sign of bondage to a people or another nation, but anything that shows victory over an oppressed people that only one side can enjoy, that's not godly, which is a sin, in fact, mentioned various times in the Bible. Having a statue of Genghis Khan or Hitler 
is not encouraging nor uplifting to anyone. Amen. Various flags, monuments, statues, insignias, poems, books, vehicles, documents, and pictures, and so forth, that only entertain one side of any race and embarrasses, harasses, or oppresses another is nothing to share publicly and be proud of. Jesus came to save the world, and any memorial that blesses the kingdom of God is a good thing. If it blesses people, it's a good thing. If it is a good memory, thus we get the word memorial, it is a good thing. It's the least that we can do. We are to give one another hope and not guilt and shame. I have been speaking hope for the past week online. We are to give people hope. There are many memorials built, right? But do they glorify God or do they glorify man? That's something to think about, right? Moses and Joshua built monuments and altars, but they glorified God, our creator. Moses built an altar in Exodus 17, 15, and, 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 and he called it Jehovah Nisi. Now, you know, I like the way the Lord works, right? <laughs> I had no idea what the, because the phone was ringing and, and, and beeping and making the sounds. I, I didn't know what song to put on today, and I hadn't had one um, prepared. But I did pick uh, Because of Who You Are, and it's, I like how God works because I did not know, I did not realize that in that song, they're speaking of Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi. And, and here I'm speaking, Exodus 17:15. Moses called it Jehovah Nisi. See, God confirms. Amen. It means God, my banner. Hallelujah. We'll write that down for all you people to take notes. God, my banner. Jehovah Nisi, N-I-S-S-I. Amen. He built it in thanks to our God for all who see it. The only thing that it would intimidate God is our banner. Exodus seventeen thirteen to 16. And Joshua discomfited Amalek, the enemies, and his people with the edge, uh, edge of the sword. <coughs> Excuse me. And the Lord said unto Moses, write this for a memorial in a book and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar, and he called it the name of Jehovah Nisi. For he said, because the Lord has sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Hallelujah. So God, Jehovah Nisi, is your banner. Remember that. Amen. Hallelujah. In this case, Joshua, who was assigned to lead the nation of Israel after the death of Moses, realizes, after being encouraged of the Lord, the importance of leaving a mark, or as we should say, a memorial of the strategic divine direction that God had for them as they headed towards the promised land. The Jordan River holds major significance in Judaism and Christianity. The Israelites crossed it, and Jesus was baptized in it. It holds powerful symbolic meanings. It's a boundary and a crossing point, a place of spiritual rebirth and salvation along with and being also a source of holy water. Today, the Jordan River has only 3% of its original flow due to population growth, climate change, and contamination from a range of pollution sources such as human wastewater and fish ponds. Because of disobedience, Moses was not permitted to cross over into the promised land, but was allowed to see it. 
God is not going to allow us to be disobedient and live in a promised land. It was promised to those who worship and live for God. Place for the disobedient. And that place is called hell. Moses died in the land of Moab and was buried in the valley, but no man to this day can find his grave. People are getting baptized in the Jordan River to this day. As I said, it's symbolic and it shows the respect of Jesus Christ. Now, we want to talk about Moses, and when we're talking about Moses' disobedience, here are the scriptures for that if you want to write them down. Uh, Deuteronomy 34, 4 to 6. Okay? And the Lord said unto him, This is the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it unto thy seed. I have caused thee to see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not go over thither. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of God. And he buried, and he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab over against Bethpor. But no man knoweth of the sepulcher until this day. See, nobody's found it to this day. Moses got to see the promise. Do you just want to see the promised land? Or do you want to cross on over? We have to be obedient to the Lord. Amen? Amen. He saw it, but he didn't go in. Amen. Moses led the Israelites out of the bondage in Egypt, but missed the promised land because God had instructed him once to speak to a rock so that the water would come out. But Moses did his own thing. He struck it twice with a staff, not once, but twice. This is what happens when we do things our way and not Yah's way. Amen? That's Y-A-H-W-E-H. Amen. Moses strikes the rock. When we look in Numbers 20, we will see the rock striking incident, 10 to 12. And it says, And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said unto them, Here now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? Now, if God had already done it one time, why would Moses think that he would have to announce it to the people? That was not part of God's plan for him to taunt the people like that and call them rebels at that. God is with us, but we have to remember that we are not God. Moses was stealing God's glory, wanting the people to praise his action and not the fact that God had provided them water. See? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smoked the rock twice, and the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. Okay? And the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron, and he said, Because you believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Notice, sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. Moses Never got a chance to see the promised land because he di- he he did not think he 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 uplifted himself. He made himself look good, but it was supposed the credit was supposed to go to God. He didn't sanctify him in the eyes of the children of Israel. The action would have sanctified God in the eyes of the Israelites and given God glory. It was symbolic of us speaking the word and getting victory and trusting that Jesus is our water the source of life. There are many things that we can do on our, on our own that God didn't tell us to do. Amen? This is why we are supposed to wait upon the Lord. 
you keep hearing me telling people, wait, God is telling people, wait, 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 things for something, whatever. The enemy knows it, and he's going to send something in its place, and he's going to try to always be first. Wait upon the Lord. That's why we have to have patience. Amen? Wait upon the Lord. There are too many things that we can do on our own that God did not tell us to do. Everyone wants to be a leader, but no one wants to listen. Learn to listen. That was like God healing someone of something after I touched them and they glorified me instead of giving God glory. And I will not get in God's way. Amen. Amen. I will not get in God's way. In Exodus 17:3, Moses did it good, but he got a little too confident in himself. And in Numbers 20, verse 11, in a show-offy kind of way. He struck it twice, and that is not what God told him to do. You have to learn to hear God's voice before you act. He is our instruction manual. What would happen if you ordered an article of furniture but put it together on your own without reading the manual? You'd have a mess. I, I once thought I was doing the right thing while putting together my desk chair, and I had to remove the screws and adjust the back the proper way and put all the screws back in. The rightness in me, the God in me told me to read the directions, but no, I knew how to do this. I got this, right? It's easy. Thank God I didn't strip the screws and have to order new ones, and then I'd have to spend more money and wait for the new ones to come in while sitting there staring at that chair that I couldn't immediately use. The Lord has been directing Joshua, and Joshua listened. When God tells us to do something, it behooves us to do it. Some people can't be taught by the Lord because as soon as they get their toes stepped on, they jump to another church or they jump to another ministry, and that's why they're called church jumpers, because they're faithful to no one. These people have no memorial. With every jump, they start at ground zero. They use churches like a, what do they call, roulette wheel. This one is better than that one, they say. Or that one said something I couldn't handle or didn't like. You know, this one smokes, this one drinks or plays the lottery. Did you ever think that they know that and God is working in their private lives too? Amen. Memorializing the preachers. Exalt God. We all have faults. When you think about it, the Bible, you, look, this is a good point. When you think about it, the Bible is chock full of murderers. Amen. With Paul, Moses, David, shall we go on? Most of the Bible, the New Testament, was written by a murderer. And you're reading it. But you don't like me because I, you know, do something that you don't appreciate, right? They had to go through change in their lives as well, and it didn't happen overnight. Newsflash, they know this. I know a lady who changes ministry seemingly on a yearly basis. If you're looking for a ministry without problems, you'll be highly fooled. Only God is perfect. 
even if someone gives the very appearance of being blameless, friend their families online, friend their children, <laughs> and watch their pages for a while. Amen? You will see how well, how well their households caught on to their ministering. That's definitely for sure, right? Something somewhere will show a flaw. Someone somewhere will show a flaw. None of us are perfect. During a festival with a beer in her hand, and you surely should not sit up in church and play bingo. That's gambling. Amen? Amen. There's a church, and probably not the only one, who has wine and jazz nights and has been doing it for years, but they're known to help the community more than the religious, quote-unquote, churches. As God told Samuel, don't judge by the outside, I look on the inside. Hallelujah, and thank you, Lord. I am far from perfect myself, but we love the Lord and will not stay away from him. Amen? And we will not leave him. We will not turn our backs on him. We all have faults. Even the memorial that we're speaking of today wasn't made of gold. Am I right? What does the word say? They were made of stones, rocks, right? God uses rocks as a memorial. He didn't say coat them in gold or silver. God can use anyone or anything that he wants. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Stay where God puts you. Amen? Hang tight with the highs and the lows. God corrects those that he loves. Don't run when he's correcting you. You'll find fault in every ministry that you attend. In the body of Christ, we call that fault finders. That's the term for it. And they exist. They exist everywhere. Don't become one. Don't be labeled as one. It's not a good thing. Amen? And believe me, we know it. People know it. In Joshua chapter 3, God told Joshua that when he would see the Ark of the Covenant and the priests, take up the ark and pass over the waters. The priests also came and went out first. Today, we are the priests, and we go first, my friends. We open and we close. Hallelujah. The miracles start with us. We plant in the Lord waters. Joshua told the people to sanctify themselves because God was about to do something wonderful. Joshua glorified God in front of all the people. He didn't glorify himself. Look what I can do. Look what I know. He prepared them for the blessings of the Lord. He trusted God and not his own thoughts. He trusted God and not his own ways. Doesn't the Bible tell us lean not into thy own understanding and all our ways acknowledge him and he will direct our path? Amen. Right after Joshua did what God told him to do, God gave Joshua honor and recognition, God exalted him publicly, ordaining him, per se. God will ordain you <clears throat> if he's pleased, like he did Jesus. He said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. What he announced to the public about Jesus, he will do and announce for you. And I'm telling you now, prepare for something wonderful soon to happen in your life. God has a plan for you. You are not a nobody. You are somebody. And Jesus died for you, and he loves you. Amen. Parting of the second sea for Israel. 
yes, this happened twice for them, and it can happen twice for you as well in your own life. God can part any seed that comes up in your path. There's no problem. Amen? Joshua 3, 5 to 7. It says, and Joshua said unto the people, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua spake unto the priests, saying, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass over before the people. And they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said unto Joshua, this day will I begin to, will I begin, that's not just that one day, God got started on Joshua. This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that I, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. God's making an announcement. Amen. Joshua three fourteen to 17, it says, And it came to pass when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan, and the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as they that bear the ark were coming to Jordan, and the feet of the priests that were bared, that bear the ark were dipped into the brim of the water, just around the, the edges of the river, for Jordan overflowed at that time of the year. Amen. That the waters which came down from above stood and rose up on a heap very far from the city Adam, that is beside Zeratan. And those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, failed and were cut off. God cut them off far away for his people. He made a huge path. Amen. That's a huge memorial. Amen. The waters were cut off and the people passed over right against Jericho. And the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm. Stood firm. They didn't sink. Their t- there wasn't anything smushing, between, smushing whatever, between their toes. <laughs> no mud. Dry ground, guys in the middle of the Jordan. And all of the Israelites passed over on dry ground until the people were passed clean over Jordan. Everybody got through. Nothing started happening. The, the, the ground didn't start to get muddy and nothing changed. It stayed dry until the last person got over, went over. Once the priest's feet even slightly touched the river water, the river stopped up and the bed dried up so that the Israelites could cross over. They had an Ark of the Covenant with them. God was with them. That's where we get the word Emmanuel, which means God with us. He sat upon the mercy seat of the Ark. And, you know, stop for a minute and imagine you carrying God. Imagine carrying God in a box. Okay, this is what they did. Israel was literally carrying God, the creator of all things, in a box. And guess what? God got out of that box, and now you are the ark. Now he walks in you. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As the song says, Jesus walks with me. Amen? Jesus walks with me. Hallelujah. Say that every day, every time you get up. Say, I am the righteousness of God, the Father, and I are one. Jesus walks with me, and I'm covered by his blood. <laughs> Amen. God chose the men he wanted to do the miracles through. They weren't self-appointed, but they were God-ordained. Miracles happen when one is called and filled with the Lord's Spirit. He chooses whomever he will. God appoints and God anoints. The strong river current could not withstand the anointing in the priest's feet and the God that was with them. After all, he created the river. 
God is stronger than all of his creation. God sat in a box <laughs> and looked at the River Jordan and said, move. <laughs> and it moved. And it dried up for his people. Is that awesome or what? Just as the winds and the storms could not withstand Jesus speaking, peace, be still from the boat. Okay, we have an ark and we have a boat, right? Both with a flat bottom. The boats that had a flat bottom at that time were called fishermen's boats. Amen. It allowed the boat to get close to the shore while they were fishing. And the ark had a flat bottom. It's just the type of fishermen's boats that they made back in the day was a kind that Jesus was on. The ark had a flat bottom, could have a resting place, and be there for man when he needed him. Due to man's sin, he sent Jesus as our Savior, whose heel would bruise Satan's head. Hallelujah. And that's all right with me. Amen. You too. Amen. Jesus is all man and all God. People say, how could he be all man and all God? Well, it's not your understanding. <laughs> yeah, there's there's many things, many mysteries. The Bible says there's many mysteries that God has that we know nothing about. Amen. Can't figure out. And I'm glad it is that way. We can now reach God in Jesus without the worries of dying. Okay. There's a man named Uzzah who died because he touched the ark when it was sliding, it was slipping. You can see that in, uh, let me see, Second Samuel 6, 5 to 9, and it reads like this. And David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on a, all manner of instruments, made of fir wood, even on harps and psalteries and timbrels and cornets and cymbals. And when they came to Nashon's threshing floor, Uzzah, U-Z-Z-A-H, put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God smote him for his error. So it's called an error. And there he died by the ark of God. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah, and he called the name of the place Perazuzah to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? Now, you know, as I was re- doing research on um, on this, it's strange that the name Perizuza favors Perus, we use, P-E-R-U-S-E, which actually means to inspect, read, be thorough, or careful. Note the word careful. <laughs> Study, scrutinize, examine, scan, look through. If he had stopped about what was happening, and know in his heart that God can take care of himself and have a respectful fear of God, he would have known that God would not allow anything to cause his ark to fall, oxen or not. God cannot fall. God cannot fail. God can take care of himself. Instead of making his own decision, he could have reasoned with someone else to see what should be done or stop the caravan even, and ask the leader. (laughs) Ask the leader. Amen. Uzzah, just like King Saul and and, and Moses, he made up his own mind. When you walk with God, do not make your own decision. Now, that's a Salem moment. (laughs) In other words, think about it, right? God will lift you up in front of men. 
even in front of your enemies, if you're obedient to him. The psalmist said he prepares a table in the presence of my enemies. Those who may not have liked you or have been dogging out your character, don't worry about it. Keep doing God's will. One day they will see people mentioning your name and liking what you do, and you'll be surprised. Just stay humble. When you see this happening, stay humble. You'll feel it in your spirit, and you'll see it with your eyes too, and you'll hear it with your ears as well. You're not seeing things. It's your Abba. It's your daddy in heaven exalting you in front of the eyes of everybody that doubted you. Amen? Don't brag and don't boast, though. Joshua 3, 7 says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. Your enemies will trip over themselves trying to stop your blessings from coming through, but they won't be able to do a thing to stop them. They'll be busting their heads up against a brick wall trying to stop your blessings from, from coming to you. Trust in the Lord and his divine guidance. Demons are cosmic jokers. That's why the Lord continuously tells us to fear not. God is loving and God is kind and he does not wish any harm on us. People will begin to become attracted to you when you serve the Lord. It happens all the time. This is where many ministers fall, okay, because what's happening is people are attracted to their anointing, and they think that people are attracted to them, and that, that's where the problem comes in. Don't get a big head. Amen? They're attracted to the anointing, not us. That by itself, itself is awesome. You'll know when you're in God's will. Whatever's in your way will back up and bow to your presence. Now, swish by like the royalty that you are and pull your sash behind you as you walk in this life. Amen? <laughs> your cloak can even make the way clear for somebody else. Elijah's did. Amen? You think about it. In Jesus' name, you can deliver a nation. Walk them to the other side by telling them about Jesus. Amen? I find it interesting that in chapter 3 of Joshua, verse 7, it speaks of saints being exalted. And in chapter 4, verse 14, okay, now we have 714, right? And it speaks of the same thing, saints being exalted. It speaks of reverence and exaltation. When I went back to one of my favorite verses, which is actually Second Chronicles 714, get it? It says that if God's people who are called by his name would humble themselves and pray and seek his face and turn from their wicked ways, then will he hear from heaven and heal the land. Amen. Second Chronicles 7.14, Joshua 3.7, and Joshua 4.14 all speak of respect and healing. Respect God and he will heal you. Respect God and he will exalt you. Amen. Joshua had commanded the children of Israel to take up 12 stones for a memorial and place them in the middle of the Jordan River. It was dry. They were able to do so. Joshua didn't do his own thing. He obeyed the divine direction of his father in heaven. Joshua 4.9, the memorial stones are still there today. The priests and Joshua had their service in the middle of the Jordan. Look, imagine being surrounded by water, fish, and all kinds of snakes. 
Amen. Creatures. <laughs> While you're performing a spiritual service in the middle of a river. Is that awesome or what? And nothing can reach you or interfere with your service to the Lord because he didn't, God wouldn't allow them to. Wow, what pictures an iPhone or S10 would take then, amen? They all passed over, including the 40,000 who were prepared for war. And on that day, once again, the Lord magnified Joshua in the sight of all Israel. They gave him the respect that he deserved like they did Moses all the days of his life. And here's other places that we can find uh, memorial mentioned. I'll go through these as quick as I can. Uh, in Exodus 3, 1 to 15, when Moses saw the burning bush on Mount Oreb, right? That's a memorial to this day. And it says, and God said moreover unto Moses, thou shalt, uh, thou, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me unto you. This is my name forever, he says, forever. And this is my memorial, quote, unquote, unto generations. Amen. And, and, and what? when the woman poured expensive perfume on Jesus' feet, remember that story? When she poured that expensive perfume on Jesus' feet and wiped them with her hair, she was actually preparing him for burial. See, the people around her didn't see that. They didn't see it in the spirit. They were only seeing it in a fleshly way, money female wiping Jesus' feet with her hair. You know, come on. She felt the Lord in her spirit and gifted him with the oil. <clears throat> and the disciples got angry about it. They were thinking on a monetary uh, note, not about blessing Jesus. Matthew twenty six ten to 13, it says, When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. For in that she had poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. See, he had to correct them. He put them in their place. You guys are thinking fleshly, man. Think spiritually. This woman is preparing me for my burial. <laughs> Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman has done. Be told, as we are saying it today, for a memorial of her. To this day, we are still talking about how that woman washed his feet with that expensive perfume and wiped it with her hair. Are we not? Word. True to life. She gave. She gave. Do people get upset or angry when you gift the Lord? When you give God gifts, do people get mad? And get this, those who got upset at the woman were believers, believers. Believers will get upset with you sometime. You mean you tied the whole 10%? They ask. Well, I give whatever I can, if I can at the time. Ain't nobody got no time for that. <laughs> right? And then they wonder why they constantly live in lack. You can save in silver. You can save in gold. It ain't no saving like heavenly saving where moth and rust do not corrupt. Amen? When people get upset or complain about your memorial, it's just a devil in them trying to stop, from, stop you from uh, blessing God or God's people. When you want to give a blessing to somebody, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, and that's word, as I believe I spoke last Sunday. 
or when I was talking about tithing, I think it was last Sunday, that's word. <clears throat> Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Just do it. It's a memorial to God and to those who may know and see you do it. You just could be teaching the ones who are watching you. Okay? I'm going to name some different memorials, and then I'll be through. Passover is a memorial. Exodus 12, 12. For I'll pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods, little g's, of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I'll pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you. When I smite the land of Egypt, your captives, your your, uh, ones that took you captive, right? And this day shall be unto you for memorial, he says, and ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations, and ye shall keep it a feast by the ordinance forever. Now you tell me if the Bible is not real and if the word is not true, why are we still having Passover? Amen. To this day, 2020, we are still loving and enjoying Passover and celebrating. Let's put that word in there too, right? Exodus uh, 3, 6 starts out, seven days shall thou eat unleavened bread. There's another memorial, right? And in the seventh day shall be a feast to the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten seven days, and there shall no leavened bread be seen with thee, neither shall there be leaven seen with thee in all thy quarters. Amen? He's calling it a memorial. It is a memorial. And Exodus 28:11, the breastplate of Aaron is a memorial. Uh, Exodus 28:12 says, "And thou shalt put the two stones upon the shoulders of the ephod, four stones of memorial." Talking about the breastplate of Aaron, these are things that the, the priest had to wear on himself, on his clothes. And it said, uh, "And um, Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord upon his two shoulders for a memorial." And there shall be made uh, ouches of gold, it says. Leviticus 6.15, talking about meat offerings here. Meat offerings as a sweet, uh, Leviticus 6.15, okay? Meat offerings as a sweet savor, uh, even the memorial of it unto the Lord. Meat offerings are a memorial. Uh, Leviticus 23.24, uh, memorial of blowing the trumpets, amen? Esther 9.28, uh, and that these days should be remembered and kept throughout every generation, every family, every province, every city, and that these days of Purim, P-U-R-I-M, should not fail from among the Jews, nor the memorial of them perish from their seed. And what do we celebrate still today, 2020, Purim, every year? Amen. God's word is true. Psalms 135.13, thy name, O Lord, endures forever, and thy memorial, O Lord, throughout all generations. Hosea 12.5 even says, even the Lord of God of hosts, the Lord is him, his memorial. Your prayers and alms can be a memorial before God. Amen? Amen. Acts 10.3, he saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming to him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, what is it, what is it Lord? And he said unto him, thy prayers and alms are come up for a memorial before God. See, your prayers and your alms, the way you give, alms is giving, just giving to someone. 
My daughter does alms. She just she's great at it. My daughter will be. We would drive through Pittsburgh or something somewhere, and she'll see somebody standing there with a sign, and they're saying five dollars. She'll give them twenty. <laughs> she's been doing it for years, and she's not showing up because there's nobody there but me, me and God. Amen. Notice that the memorials that last throughout all the years and generations of man glorify God somehow. They don't glorify man. When we are to remember these ancient paths, our memorials, and keep them holy, teach our children so that they may respect them as well. And lastly, always call on God to help you keep the proper memorials in your life and the lives of your generations. Every one of the names for our God, even one of the names for our God is Ancient of Days. Amen. Jeremiah 18 speaks of ancient of days. Amen. Hallelujah. Ancient paths. Job 12.12 speaks of ancient. It says, with the ancient is wisdom in the length of days understanding. So the older they get, the wiser they get. Amen. Amen. It should be. Put it that way. Psalms 77.5, ancient times. Isaiah 51.9, awake as in the ancient days in the generations of old. See, we have to be very, very careful of getting rid of um, the ancient days, the the memorials. There are people right now who who go to another state to visit after so many years, and they almost can't find their their, place, a a restaurant they used to eat at, or or someone they used to visit in the hometown because all the signs and everything are so changed. They change so quickly, they can't find their old place. Amen? Daniel 7-9. Ancient of days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was like fiery flame, and his wheels burning fire. Amen. Daniel 7.13, ancient of days. Daniel 7.22, until the ancient of days came. That's God. Amen. And judgment was given to the saints in the Most High, and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. Amen. Possessed the kingdom. Keep your memorials. Respect memorials. Respect the holy days. Amen. Let's stop trying to do things our own way, our own selves, all our governments and our nations. And, and, and you know, even uh, at Ground Zero, when we had that happen to the Twin Towers, they, they, they quoted something that is biblical and didn't even realize they were quoting it when they read it. And they said, we shall rebuild. And God, that was spoken of in the Bible. Instead of taking it to the Lord and repenting of, of our, you know, having our nation repent, stand in the gap and repent for the entire nation, they're claiming we shall rebuild. They're so quick to rebuild. Before they repent, repent, got the wrong re. Repent before you rebuild. When you repent, God will tell you what to do. You'll get your re-reward. Amen. Amen. Are you saying, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I am so sorry, Lord. I believe that you died on the cross and you rose three days later from the dead just for me. And I thank you. I accept what you've done. I accept you as my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, and amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Now go find a Bible-believing, Holy Ghost-filled church and learn of him. It's never too late to learn of him. Welcome to the family of God. Hallelujah. Your new life starts now. All old things are gone away. God throws them as far as the east is from the west. Now, go live, go laugh, and go love. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. 
The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I thank you for coming on today, and God bless you.